Support for WXAV is being provided by Bookies, an independent bookstore located at 10324 Southwestern Avenue in Chicago, with a second location at 2015 Ridge Road in Homewood. Both locations have large stocks of new and used books for both adults and children across many genres. Bookies places orders daily for books not currently in stock. For more information and upcoming events, please visit their website at bookiesbookstores.com. You can also follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is being brought to you by WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. WXAV, bringing the best podcasts to you. Salutations, listeners, and welcome to the Player Profiles Podcast. I am your host, Jotham Israel, and if you're looking to get to know the many great athletes here at St. Xavier University, then I must say, you've definitely arrived at the correct destination. So, who is the athlete that is going to be featured on today's episode? Well, I'll let my imaginary interview wheel answer that question. Hey, cut the music real quick. All right, let's give this thing a good old spin. And today's athlete is going to be... Ah, Olivia Dejadas. Hailing from New Lenox, Illinois, she is a junior on the SXU women's bowling team. Well, I'm not going to keep you all waiting. I sat down with Olivia, and here's how it went. Olivia, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, pretty. I'm super excited. Oh, yeah? Yes. Yeah, this is um, it's a very cool experience for, you know, the interviewee, because it's like, I'm sure if I was an athlete, it's like, Man, I'm I'm grinding hard enough to get an, to score an interview. It's like, exactly. It's like that's gotta that's gotta be good. So um, I I'd say congratulations Thank on you. Um, doing what you do and you know earning this honor. Thank you. I'm honored to talk about my life and my sport and tell people how bowling really is too. Yeah, tell me about how bowling is. So you bowl, right? I do. Um, so what got you interested in the bowling? So when I was three years old, I started bowling. My dad and my mom actually met at a bowling alley, and I grew up in a bowling alley, basically watching my parents bowl every league, um, every night. And I actually just started picking up a bowling ball, and I fell in love since I was three years old. So, Whoa, yeah. three years old. Yeah. Um. Wow, that's that's very young. So you were you were dedicated from the jump, huh? I was, and I actually used to play softball too, but I had a severe injury to my knee. I tore my ACL and my MCL, and I decided to stick with bowling too. That was a big decision in my life, and I couldn't be happier, honestly. I love my bowling family, and I'm the person who I am today because of it. Mm. So you went to Lincoln Way West, and they had a bowling team, yes. obviously. What was your mindset as you were, you know, you know, going through – I don't know if they had a tryout, but what do you, what do you, what was your mindset as you were starting to begin your high school bowling career? Yeah, I definitely had a different mindset than I had now. I thought like I was this superstar bowler, and I think I was a little cocky when I was younger, obviously. And I think my mindset has changed significantly. I'm a very team player now. When I was like younger, I thought this is just an individual sport, which it is, but. Now it's a completely team sport. Um, I love my girls, and I feel like my mentality towards this sport has changed significantly. Mm. And I've and I've seen those results um, come up in the past few years. We'll get to that later, but I do want to highlight: you were on a very very historical team at Lincoln Way West. If I'm not mistaken, you were on the lone team in the school's history to have, to win a sectional title. Mm-hmm. So. What in the world was it like to make history? That kind of history is just not seen every day. What was that like? Yeah, it was a surreal um, time. We were going into sectionals thinking, like, we're not going to make it, honestly. Like, (laughs) our team was good, but we were going against, like, the best of the best. And pulling out that win and taking that sectionals W out, it was insane. It was a real moment, and we were all in shock. And then we went to state, and we had a ball. Um, having the girls on that team, I really do miss them. But like I said, we were going into that sectionals and we were not expecting to pull out a win. And we did. And it was a really surreal moment. Mm. You know, I'm not too, uh, I'm not too unfamiliar with SWSC stuff. I got a little SWSC in me. I went to HF. Okay. 
At least I didn't. I'm glad I didn't say I, I didn't. I went to Lincoln Way East because that just would have been awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But or Central. But I'm sure we all hate East more. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Um, but I will say this: when I was looking at, because I used to do this very same thing in high school, mm-hmm. so I covered a lot of sports um, in high school. One interesting thing that I saw before I came here is that when you guys did win that sectional. It was not just the fact that you that it was your first sectional title in the school's history, but it's like who you beat mm-hmm. to win that sectional. Yeah. The team that finished second, Manuka. Yes. That the, the it's not just that you only beat them by 21. That was a that looked very tight. Yes. But Megan Gilson was on that team too, who is your current teammate. <laughs> and then the team that plays third, Joliet West. Barbara Lunsford was on that team. Yes. So two of your current teammates were on the the teams that you competed mm-hmm. and finished. You all finished top three at that sectional. Like when I say that, like what goes through your mind when you like considering that you know them at this very moment right now? Yeah. Um. Actually, my freshman and sophomore year, I roomed with Barbara, and now my roommate is Megan Gilson. So <laughs> yeah, let's just say um tensions not were high but it was just like funny how we're like holy crap we all were in this sectional together and you know I got the first place with my team but you know we're doing big things here at uh St. Xavier last year we made complete runs and it's just surreal because it's like wow I beat them in sectionals and now they're my teammates it's crazy we talk about that all the time how we used to compete against each other in high school and now we're teammates here and Mm -hmm. it's amazing yeah it's definitely funny. We like laugh about it because it's like, how can we like compete in high school and now we're teammates? But you know what? We make it work and it is what it is. And we're doing big things here, which kind of mean more too now oh, oh, in the yeah. future. So, oh yeah, definitely. Like you, like when you came to this school, mm-hmm. you know there there wasn't a lot of history behind it. I mean, the program had just launched in what 2017. Yeah. So you were, you know, coming into like an era where yeah, there was a there was you know. There were footsteps that were made before you, but now it's like you and the squads right now are taking the program to new heights. What has it been like to be on this team for the past couple of years? Yeah, it's been surreal. Obviously, my freshman year, we still had the COVID-ish, so I didn't travel too much, but last year was insane. Um, we traveled like nonstop. Definitely took some tolls on me in a way, but... What we did in our history books, it's insane. We made ITCs for the first, or not for the first time, or yes, for the, the NIA first. as well. NAIs too. Yes, it was insane. I mean, we made NAIs for the first time, and we made a decent run. I think we placed fifth, I believe, if that like worked out in the match play, and that's the highest we've ever been. ITCs, I believe, that was our first time too, and we did awesome. We made it to nationals, had a great run there, and I... Honestly, I'm so excited for our season to start this year because we made such big moves last year. I think we can make bigger moves this year. Yeah, and considering the way you started last year, you guys won mm-hmm. the Golden Eagles invite. We did. And you were a big part of that. Yes. So, obviously, what what do you think is going to be the recipe to kind of replicate that successful start to a season like that? Because that was big. Yeah, it was definitely big. I think our heads are held high right now because such of the great season we had. And going into this Golden Eagle, Eagles invite, it's our first uh, tournament this uh, year. Mm-hmm. Um, having winning it last year, I think we have a lot of confidence. And I think um, my girls and I are going to do some big moves. And we have a couple new girls coming in. And I think that we're going to have to grind out a little bit. Our mental and physical games have to be on point, And I think we'll do good. Yeah, and obviously, you know, the team is going to be transitioning a little bit. Obviously, mm-hmm. with um, Catherine and Hannah and so many, you know, seniors that made a big impact, you know, they're obviously, they've obviously graduated mm-hmm. and, you know, they've moved on. What do you think is going to be the key to, you know, kind of retooling this team to try to replicate and then build off of the success that they had last year? Yeah, I think the key for me, um, I am the oldest on the team including Barbara, and I think for me, I'm going to probably be that person for them. I'm going to have to be the person that they'll come to for things and whatnot because Catherine was a huge part of that, and so was Hannah. Um, We would always go to them about some things, and 
now that they're gone, I think the key part of it is going to be we're going to be in their shoes now. And the girls can come to us about bowling or anything in general. Um, so I think that's going to be a major key where we're going to help the younger uh, classmates and succeed in our bowling careers for this semester and this year. Yeah, because your your first you know competition starts next month. Yes, and you are you guys without a doubt have the longest season in in the in, in the entire school. No other sport goes through a much longer season. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they have half as long. If the if the next longest sport has half the season that you guys have, so what is the grind like year in and year out? Yeah, it's definitely a grind. Mental health and physical health is very important for us. Um, our sport is not like tackling each other, nothing like that, but it definitely, we use our whole body. We're lifting 15, 14 pound balls every day. Um, we use our legs, we use our arms and grinding it out with classes too. Like you have to be on top of your schedules. You need to communicate with your professors and definitely it takes a toll. That's for sure. Cause like you said, it we're the longest season. Like we start next week and we end April Whenever, whenever we move out, May 1st, honestly. <laughs> but it's definitely a toll on your body and your mental health for sure. And you just have to keep grinding with it. Go talk to people. Go reach out. Or even just go on simply walks. That's it. Just clear your head out and then go from there for sure. To put that into context, Major League Baseball has a 162-game season. Yes. And they don't even stretch their season to eight months mm-hmm. like you guys. Like, like. Spring training starts in late February. We'll say the postseason ends late October. But spring training is like two months. You girls are literally going full strength, full force for eight straight months. Yes, it's very dwelling for sure. Yeah, that's impressive in its own right. I will say that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But I will say I will ask this last question about SXU bowling and we'll get to some other things. You know, obviously you're a junior right now. Yes. And if you, you know, return next year, that'll you'll have one more year in you. You know, halfway through your XXU career, what do you want your legacy and what do you want your team's legacy to be when you ultimately graduate and, you know, have to part ways with the school? Yeah. Um, my legacy for this school, I obviously want to make it as far as possible. I think that's always a dream. I mean, I see all these other schools like Wichita State, uh, Stephen F. Austin, McKendry. They're making big moves. I want to be them. I want to make St. Xavier that name. I want to show girls that St. Xavier is here to play and, like, we're here to bowl. And I think we can do it with the potential that we have with our girls. We could for sure do it. Um, And I want to leave a name here. Yeah, and speaking of Stephen F. Austin, Mm -hmm. you know, you played them in the postseason. I, I forget if it was the NAIA tournament or the ITCs. ITCs. It was the ITCs. Yes. And you were the 13th seed. Yes. And you actually, you know, first of all, you upset St. Mary's. We did. Um, Which was a big move. That was a big upset. Mm-hmm. But obviously, when I looked at the lineup of the six bowlers that you guys put out, somebody's season. I didn't know who. I didn't know how. I didn't know by how much. But somebody's season was going to end by the hands of that lineup. Mm-hmm. And just so happened to be St. Mary's. But... You drew the eventual national champions in the round after that. Yes. And you actually got a game on them. I know, you know, you they ended up going on their run. Sadly. <laughs> Sad very sadly. <laughs> but you know, what how can you use that Stephen F. Austin experience to go even farther and farther in the years to come? Yeah. We could definitely take so much um information that we got from that match because we put up a fight. We did. And I'm proud of my girls. Like we push through as much as possible. They just had good carry. We were hitting the pocket, just leaving stone eights, stone tens. It's That's bowling for you. But mm-hmm. now we take that information and we just grind it out. We have to get into their head more than them getting into ours too. Because obviously we're all thinking in the pit, oh, crap, she just struck. Crap, I need to strike, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think we need to focus on our game more than theirs and then move from there. Nice. And obviously – Time will tell. I, I really have a lot of faith in this program because it's like, you know, it's been it's been moving up. Like it has. they're like this thing just started in 2017. Mm-hmm. It, and it's gonna be really cool. Like by the time you you graduate, you'll be on over half of the teams in the schools in the yeah, program's history. For sure. So you'll have opportunities to really leave your mark for not just the teams that come a year or two after you, but for many teams to come in the 
years following that. So I will say do do your best and obviously um, be your best. Yes, for sure. I think we will. I'm excited for this year. Yeah, I, I really am too. Kyle, let's talk a little bit about uh, your career aspirations. Um, so I know I talked about this a little bit, but for those who don't know, what do you think you want to do with your life? Um, so I am a psych social work major, and I think that I want to take psychology into either sports and help sports uh, athletes be a sports psychologist, or I might go into the psych ward on the uh, hospital, or I'm not even really sure. I'm like, I'm just reaching out right now, like branching out, seeing what I like. Psych is everywhere. And I think mental health really matters for me. So I want to help people and I love talking to people. So I think that I want to be obviously a psychologist and help people because I feel like it's not talked about enough. Yeah, I agree. And obviously, you know, a lot of that was swept under the rug but a lot of some of those things came out of the rug, you know, because of COVID. You're seeing right. a lot of people, you know, those problems, you know, just shot out of the air. Yes. And, you know, they were they were up there. So I, I got to ask, you know, how do you how much of a detriment do you think COVID was to people's mental health? I think it definitely affected a lot of people's health because it's like you get trapped in a little room or in your house and it's like you can't go do anything. Yeah, you could go on for walks and stuff, but like that's not enough. That is not enough. Once you get your whole schedule shut down, it changes. That's for sure. I know myself, I definitely struggled a little bit. I, I try to keep myself as much active, like be active as much as possible, but it still dwelled on me. And I was just like kind of, eh, you know, so I think COVID impacted mental health significantly. Yeah. And you, you were the high, you were a high school class of 2020, I was. which was, you know, the beginning of the classes that, you know, had a lot of unconventional stuff happen to them while they were still in high school. Mm -hmm. um, so coming into college, you know, not even just, you know, dealing with sports and just dealing with, you know, you know, the bowling teams and all that, just dealing with life, yeah. going into your freshman year of high school into the teeth of a pandemic. You know, what, what was that experience like? It was different. I mean, wearing a mask everywhere, you're not even able to see people's faces, like, Freshman year of college, like, it's a whole new life, and mine was kind of, eh, you know? I mean, yours was probably too still because we still had to wear masks and stuff. But it was just a whole different experience. Like, now, junior year, I'm living, like, my freshman experience, like, completely normal, you know? Mm -hmm. Going into in-person classes, not having to wear masks. Um, oh, this class has to be online because of someone, someone is sick, you know? Mm -hmm. But now I just... I'm living. I'm having so much fun with my friends. And like I said, we're doing as much as possible because this past couple of years, like it dwelled on us. Now we have to catch up. So from the COVID. So, you know. Yeah, it's been it's been really good to, you know, see normalcy develop year after year. Exactly. Because, you know, it, it for me, it just felt like it was never going to end. No, and I know. It, it was just like, how much longer is this going to go on? Right. And it still going on but yeah. it's not as bad as we were in mm -hmm. but we just had to keep ourselves safe and try to live life as much normality as possible yeah no because I, I mean the thing was like when I graduated high school the year after you mm -hmm. and I came into my freshman year I was thinking you know I'm coming into freshman year yes I'm gonna have to wear masks yes I'm going to have to do this and that but it's it was definitely a lot more normal than having an, a a full blown online year. Yeah, you know, like I'm assuming is what happened at Saint Xavier, um, while I was a senior in high school with all those online classes. It's like, it's a difference between being a senior in high school and a freshman in college. It's a big difference. People people might think, oh, it's just one year of school. It no, that it's the lifestyle's different. Your your decision making is different. The responsibility is different. The power is different. The, everything about it is different. And you know, there it was just like I I really felt remorseful about you know the class before me because it's like right like I'm going to literally get a a, a, a practically a half normal freshman year at the very least. Exactly, and I could agree to that too for sure. Yeah, and it was just like, and now the class that's coming in now, they're just, you know, 
obviously they're it's gonna this it's it's gonna get as normal as it as it as it can possibly get mm-hmm. um for what our standards were two years ago. Exactly. And I mean, I'm grateful. I mean, we'll we'll get the time that we get of normalcy in college. But um yeah, it it it's just great to see progress too, you know. I agree to that, yeah. But it's definitely it sucks, but like you said, progress, it's insane how much we've changed as people too. Mm-hmm. So psychology, I know there's a lot of avenues that you could possibly go with this. Yes. Um, but why? I, I got to ask this. Why do you want to help people? I want to help people because I was a nursing major and I switched to psych. I love talking to people, like I said. I want to help people in that aspect because it's tough. Some people don't like talking about it. And I know a couple friends that, you know, passed away because of mental health and Seeing that is just enough, and I want to help them. I want them to be able to talk to people and be able to feel welcome. And I think that I can do that, and that's why I changed to psychology. Um, And I love the brain. The brain is, there's so much you can look into, and not a lot of people know that. I mean, people do, but once you get into that, there's so much you can look into. Yeah, and obviously, you know, when you're our age, it's mm-hmm. it's it's even that much more important because yes, you know, you get all this talk about the next generation and you know how we have you know to you know carry the load on and this and that and you know obviously the first part of that is having the mindset, having right. the right mindset. So uh, I completely agree with that. Like when I was younger, you know, I wasn't really the best kid. Um, I was I was I was a very disrespectful kid to um. The people that mad that should have mattered the most, my teachers, mm-hmm. um, some of my you know classmates. Um, I wasn't as disrespectful to my parents, but you know because I was disrespect- so disrespectful to everybody else. You know it was it was you know I ha- I had to be disciplined enough right. to you know be on the right track, and I even got myself a detention um, <laughs> for it. Um, I, I know one is probably um, much less than a lot of people expect when you have a description like that. But, you know, I, I still felt like, you know, my social workers at that school really helped me get on the right track Mm -hmm. because, you know, there was a lot bottled up in me and I had to get it out somehow. And, and when I got it out, I instantly, I went from detention to, you know, and and C's on the report card and just B's and C's to being the only person in fourth grade to have all A's in in a quarter, and I was just like, and I I still had that I had that little um, banner to myself mm-hmm. for for many many years, and it was it just felt good. It it it, stu- it stood as a staple of the turnaround in my life because I got my mental health in check. Right, and you trusted that one person to talk to, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to be that one person for these kids that need help as potentially kids or athletes or anybody i'm not 100 percent sure yet but i want to be that one person that they could trust and come to and be able to talk to you yes and you know i always get a lot of talk about um my major and stuff because people always ask me what i yeah. want to be in them and i'm like you know i i know i want to be a sportscaster and stuff like that but it's like you know and people ask me you know why i don't take school all that seriously and all that stuff it's i mean there's nothing wrong with you know being a good student there's nothing wrong with not being the best student as long as you know your best path to Mm -hmm. success it's you know you'll be all right and my path to success I mean right now it is cool because I want to be able to do what I you know already know how to do at the highest level right and it's it's I take it as a little investment because it's like I don't just want to be on local televisions I want to be worldwide Mm -hmm. and so I have to get this degree to you know you know be able to bolster that resume but you know one person asked me why you know i'm so lackadaisical with it because i have more video games in my book bags than i do books i will be perfectly <laughs> honest and i still got on the dean's list first semester last year yeah um and so that's awesome yeah but you know i said because you know being a sportscaster is not as serious as being an educator or being a psychologist mm-hmm. or being you know you know, being anybody that can be of great use to the next generation um, behind us with, you know, being a good person, being, you know, happy people. Right. Because before sports, there comes people. And 
Um, that's what I tell people all the time. Cause it's like, you know, I don't, I, I know, you know, sports is fun and all that, but we can't, we can't be athletes if we can't be people. Right. And that's, you know, that's kind of what I stress a lot. So I agree um, to that. I just, I just, you know, try to make sure people are good people first before we, you know, have fun. Right. And stuff like that. Speaking of fun, hobbies. Hobbies. Tell me about your hobbies. I know there has to be some aside yes. from bowling. Oh, there's there always is some. Spill it. I love to cook. Um, I cook here at SXU um, for my roommates. Mm. I love playing Fortnite. <laughs> yes, I love to play Fortnite with my friends. And I also like to read. I've been on a reading kick lately. I used mm. to never like to read. Um, but I started to read over the summer, and I really enjoy it. And, mm-hmm. yeah, some mental health books or just some, you know, relationship books, whatever. Just mm-hmm. I've been getting into that. But those are the top three that I would say. I love to cook. I love to play Fortnite. I love to read. You know something about reading? It's always great to read when you do it on your own terms and on your own will. Yes. When you're reading in school? Absolutely not. <laughs> For school? Absolutely not. Um, but on your own terms? For sure. And because you get to pick the books that you like. I mean... You get to choose, mm-hmm. but for school, different story for sure. Yeah, and um, I've taken a little different turn when it comes to reading. Um, I'm actually writing a book. Really? Um, it's um, I, I haven't um, obviously I haven't finished it yet because yeah. I just started it like uh last year. Okay. And it was kind of like my COVID book. It was like, um, it was like a book that I was writing a lot to um, you know, when I was at home all yeah, the time. Yeah, for sure. It, it I call it fingerprints. Okay. Um, it, the story is basically around a guy who's, you know, a, a senior in high school mm-hmm. and he has like, um, he, he's like, uh, it's like a, it's like sci-fi. Okay. But, um, it's like, there's like another universe out there and it's like, people are, you know, having bad things happen to them and there's that one person that wants to do good for everybody mm-hmm. and he gets shut down by the whole, you know, his whole universe. Yeah. So he has to come to earth. And he has to find the chosen one to help, you know, save his own universe from, okay. you know, being destroyed by their own, you know, you know, bad thoughts and mm-hmm. bad people and stuff like that. That senior in high school sees a watch in his driveway and he says, you know what? I like this. This is I saw my wrist automatically for free. <laughs> he puts it on. It's like, you know, now he's being tasked with being, you know, having to save both his universe and the universe of the watch and you know he has to break a curse and you know all this and that i really like the direction that i'm you know going with this mm-hmm. and i the my my main reason for writing it is because i i my, i had a weird like this weird goal to like write a book that would be used in english classes and that oh. it would actually be fun to okay read. that's a that's a good i like the aspect of it for sure yeah and obviously you know i want to make it fun but i also want the moral of the story mm-hmm. to you know be you know prominent and the moral of that story is aiming to be you know be try to be good when you can because you never know when somebody else will need it you never know how big of an impact kindness will you know have on another person you just never know like and i learned this because um i had a friend in high school um she was um i I noticed that she was looking very sad consistently more sadder than i'm used to seeing her and I just ran, I just walked up and asked, are you all right? And obviously she said yes, because she's not going to want to immediately, you know, say she's not feeling all right. Yeah. I We go to the very next weekend, and she texts me about um, how I basically saved her life by asking that question, because she, she had gotten help. She was about yeah. to, she was about to mm-hmm. you know, cut it and kick yeah. the bucket. And I was like, so I just saved somebody's life just by asking a question. Yeah, and that makes you feel so welcoming and so, like, you know, you feel like you're there. Mm-hmm. You helped somebody. You feel like people people care, care about you. Yeah, for sure. You just never know when that ounce of care can mm-hmm. turn into a gallon of hope. Exactly, and you never know what people are going through, and that simple question can change them. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of why I, you know, started that book. And I, I hope to finish it before I graduate college. Yeah. I still have a lot of time, but... Yeah, when you said reading, that automatically triggered, you mm-hmm. know, my my yeah. little my little project. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. 
I also love listening to music too. I had to point that out. You know, I make music. Do you? Um, I uh, a lot of people know that I want to be a sportscaster. A couple of people know that I want to be an actor. Not a lot of people know about uh, my little sneaky music aspirations. <laughs> Very sneaky. Um, I'm a rapper. Okay. Um, I've I've been a. Uh, goofing off with this whole little rapping thing since I was a freshman in high school. Um, but it's turned into something a little more serious when people saw that, you know, they, they were like, Jotham, this is actually pretty good stuff. I'm like, oh, really? And I, I obviously didn't have the resources to make, like, real music. Like, mm-hmm. this is the same place where I record. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just like, for the heck of it. Right. Um, and that's how it's always been. But, you know, if I do make some noise, in, like, with my other careers, I I probably might drop some some <laughs> some lyrical bombs on these people, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, I like I I'll probably call myself something like the Microphonic Mastermind or oh. something. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> something a little little fancy, a little spice. Yeah. Speaking of spice, cooking. So, what are your favorite things to cook? Yes, I love cooking. Um, we're big pasta people. Ooh. In three oh five. Um, yeah, love pasta. Um, and tacos. We make tacos. Love tacos. I'm about to get out of here. You make me hungry. I just <laughs> ate breakfast. I just ate breakfast. Elizabeth. Yeah. So we're more so pasta, tacos. Sometimes we do breakfast for dinner, too. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Breakfast for dinner is so much better than breakfast in the morning. I don't know mm. about you, but I do. I am a breakfast person, but it just smacks in the night. <laughs> oh, that's a, yeah. I, I know it's I know it's been a rising trend over the years. Yes. I mean, this school even has, you know, a couple of events based on breakfast for dinner. Yeah. Um, Especially when I least expected it. It was like, you know, waffles at eight o'clock at night yeah. and not eight o'clock in the morning. It hits different. And I was just like, oh, huh. you should try. I have. And OK. I was, and I was just like, I mean, I still eat breakfast in the morning more mm-hmm. often than I do at night, but it's like at night it does feel different. Once and it in does a while. hit different. Yeah. yeah. Once in a while, it's pretty good. I'm like, why does this waffle taste <laughs> a little better, a little yeah. different, a little, little, a little more flavor? Right. I'm like, it's, this is weird. It's different. <laughs> but, and um, we cook a lot of chicken too. I would mm. say chicken breasts. You know, you could do anything with that, but mm-hmm. we cook a lot. And it's fun. It's like like you said, like I said, a little hobby that we have in 305. I live in O'Brien this year, so. Mm-hmm. Y'all have a stove in there or, or, or oh, yeah, we microwave? Have a, yeah, we have a microwave, a conventional oven. We have um, all the fixings, pots, pans, hot plates, you know. Oh, man. Yeah, my roommate's going to kill me. Because <laughs> my roommate, um, we um, were, you know, applying for housing last yeah. year, right? And we were, at the time, we were Pacelli. We had no expectations. Yeah. Of what the quad halls were like, and it's a different. It's like a apartment. Yeah, it's different. As for I sure. as I planned this day of saw, I saw I was I walked in to last Tuesday and I yes. was like, what in the world? Right, I know. It's mm-hmm. a it's a changed. It's a different experience for sure. Yeah, but um, obviously we only have the convection oven in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have a stove. We don't have um our own pots and stuff like that. Yeah, and. My roommate was fully expecting to have those pots in that stove. And I'm like, I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on there, buddy. We got to wait and see if we actually have this stuff in Morris. Because, right. you know, we don't know if it's the same as O'Brien or Rubloff or, or McCarthy. We don't I, we, we don't know anything about what those rooms look like on the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely nothing. You have to bring everything yourself. <laughs> yeah, no. And I was just like, uh, he was like, oh, man, I was going to get to cooking lobster legs and freaking them. Uh, freaking pasta man and, pasta. and I'm like yeah. I'm like well man you're gonna have to find some alternatives unless you want to apply for O'Brien next year <laughs> yeah um, but yeah no you got some you got some good hobbies there Olivia yeah. that's um you seem like you seem like you have a lot of action going on I keep it busy I I try to keep myself busy I like it yeah. and it, for me I, I do the same too because it's mm-hmm. like I have a lot of time on my hands because you know even though I have a lot, you know, to do, I have I have this job. Mm-hmm. I work at my alma mater as an athletic worker. I, you know, have you know I have school to worry about yeah. as everybody else does, and I have you know the occasional hobbies and all this and that, yada, this and that. But I still feel like I have way too much time on my hands mm-hmm. because I spend only what five hours in the classroom. Yeah, you know, 
on average, maybe four. Like a week? Yeah. Two. Yeah, and I know. It, and it's just like, it's very different from high school. It is. Because it, it's like, I used to wake up at 545 mm-hmm. and have classes from 730 to 3. Yeah. And I'm not even I'm not even waking up in college until like nine o'clock in the morning. It's like elementary school sleeping times again. And I'm just right. like I'm like, wow. And you still had to keep going after high school. Once you're done with three, you have extra activities afterwards. You have to go to practice. You have to do homework. This work we can go, oh, I'm done with class. I could go take a nap. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's definitely changed. It's tough. You wake up at 7, and then you're done at 3. Here, you wake up at 10, and you're done at 11. Mm-hmm. You know? So. Yeah, it, it's absolutely insane. And it was the, it was one of the biggest bell ringers that I learned when I stepped foot on this campus. It's yeah. like when I figured out I, you know, I, how to make my own schedule, I was like, Oh my goodness! Yeah, I don't have to. I don't have to take an eight o'clock eight o'clock class if I don't want to. Yeah, or you don't have to have class on Friday. <laughs> you know, man, I know people feast off of that. Yes, that is for sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they'll take loading up their Tuesdays and Thursdays to not have to come to school on Fridays. It's exactly. Like, whoa. Yeah, for sure. It's very fun tinkling around with the schedule. It's it like, is. You know, you got to figure out which classes you want to take. You know, when you want to take that class, mm-hmm. not just in terms of the day, but in terms of the semester that you right. want to take it. Because it's, I mean, there's some classes like freshman year, they tell you, you got to take this as a freshman. Yeah. But other than that, it's like most of my classes, it's like, you know, I just have to complete them before I graduate, before right. I'm scheduled to graduate. I'm like, yo, I can, I can, I can have a whole philosophy to this, a whole, a whole plan to this if I really want to. And yeah. It's it's really amazing to see. Um, do you ever like think about that when you're like you know planning your schedules yeah. out? I know you've had a few rodeos with this. Yeah, I definitely do because I practice um, Monday through Thursday, and we have Monday and Tuesday night practices. Wednesday, Thursdays, eleven to two. So I definitely have to change my schedule up a little bit, and I have to either load my Monday sometimes or load my Wednesdays, and go by my practice schedule too. And if I have to have class on Friday, it is what it is. Like. Whatever, but more so, I yeah, I definitely tinker with my classes because I have to. Mm. Yeah, and working around, you know, athletics yeah. is a you know big thing for athletes on this campus. I I I've come to know that because you know yeah. obviously this is kind of what I do. I've interviewed you know many I've interviewed many athletes in my right. lifetime, and knowing schedules, it's like yeah. it's like a double life. I feel of like some sorts. Yeah, and I feel like St. Xavier were a huge athletics uh, campus too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they have they have championships. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I can only imagine what this campus was like two thousand in two thousand eleven when they won the football national championship. I know. Oh, this place must have been a madhouse for sure. <laughs> Hopefully, we can get another one of those and we can experience that. Oh yeah, I would love that. Me too. Because we still have we still have some very competitive teams, and it, it doesn't just have to be football. We have some very good programs yes. all around the horn. Exactly. You know, our both of our volleyball teams are mm-hmm. really really good. You know, both of our basketball teams are very competitive, yes. especially the girl, the, the women, the women, women in sports are criminally underrated. I cannot, <laughs> ex- I cannot stress this enough. Yes. Like I had this like little, I had a bold point that I made um, a couple nights ago. I told somebody that Sue Bird was the greatest athlete to ever play in the city of Seattle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm like, and there, there were some great ones. And I mean, there's a couple baseball players, each row and Ken Griffey. They were like, Really, really great Mariners, yeah. but I'm like, just the the fact that Sue Bird, she had she had, she has four championships. The baseball players had none, and Russell Wilson, the quarterback for the Seahawks at the time, he only had one ring. Yeah. He could have had two, but he choked in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, Sue Bird got Seattle four championships throughout 21 years playing in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, and she had the responsibility of amongst all the things she did on the court. She had to shoulder the responsibility of keeping the sport in Seattle alive because there was an NBA team in Seattle, but they decided to move to Oklahoma. So now the only basketball that there is that there is in Seattle is the Seattle Storm. Mm-hmm. And it, basketball could have easily died in that city. Right. But she was so great in that sport that she kept the, she kept the entire sport alive in that entire city and maybe even that entire state of Washington. Yeah, that's how that's literally how great she was. And I was just like, 
don't underestimate the power of a woman in sports. Very true. I agree. And I've been saying this for the longest. I, 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 it, it always grinds my gears. Yeah. Because it's like, I mean, women always get flack when it comes to, you know, dealing with anything sports, whether they're talking about it, whether they're playing it, whether they're writing about it. There, it's all. It's always something. Do, do you ever like have like a chip on your shoulder when you're you know, when you're playing, or have you just ever play like an edge? Does that ever, does that ever come to mind or anything? Um, I wouldn't say so, but I know some people do. But for me, I wouldn't say so. Yeah, I know. I know it's like it doesn't. You know, it's not a commonly yeah. thought of thing during competition. Right. But it's like, you know, like when it comes to like the biggest stages. It's it's more and more and mm-hmm. more and more talking. It's just like yeah, no. There's for sure talk. It's just when I'm competing, I just don't really think about that. But after competition, I feel like yeah, we do talk about it because sometimes here and there, the boys are like, "Oh my gosh, the girls' scores are so much lower." It's like, okay, and just because you guys is there so much higher, you guys work harder then. I yeah. mean, we're doing as much as possible too. It always, I guess, it's always just like that in bowling that girls' girl are, girls' scores are lower, but at the same time, it's just like it is what it is. Like we're trying to compete too. Yeah, it in 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 many cases, you know, the girls are more competitive than the boys. Because yeah. think about it, we you need know, to people, be. People want to say, you know, lower scores means less entertainment and all this and that. But think about it. If all those scores are closer together, doesn't that mean there's more action? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If if a guy is bowling 250 and everybody else is bowling like 125, do you really think that's more entertaining when all the when all the girls are batting like not batting <laughs> <laughs> are bowling around 225, 220 yeah. all at the same time? No, that is that is not more entertaining. That that like it shouldn't matter how, you know, good they are in comparison. Mm-hmm. You know, with the fact that it's, you know, that they're doing so well and they're competing at the highest levels against each other. You know, and, and, you know, it's it's great to watch and it's great to be a part of. Yes. That's really what matters the most. Not, oh, well, we have higher scores in comparison to you. But it's like, like that's why there's women in men's sports, too. You know? Yeah. I mean, but even then, it's like even, even with that handicap, if you want to call it that. Like, I've seen some insane, like, like between NBA and WNBA. I've seen some finishes in the WNBA I've never seen in the NBA. Right. Like, I've seen some things that I I have never seen. Some great finishes, half-court shots in the, in like, in playoffs, like, elimination-type stuff. Like, that, like, I've seen some stuff that I just have not seen in the NBA that I have seen in the WNBA. And it's mm-hmm. like, wow, like, and, and even and even the Chicago Sky around here, they made noise last year when they won the finals. Yes, they did. Yeah. It was insane. I'm like... Oh yeah, basketball is back on the map because the Bulls they haven't won the finals since the '90s. They like they like to gloat about the '90s. Yeah, they were even making some noise too a little bit in the early season until people got hurt. But mm-hmm. still, basketball yeah. is coming back here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And big part of that is because of the sky. I mm-hmm. mean, Candace Parker came back home. Yeah. Pulled a freaking LeBron James, came back home, delivered a champ. Right. Delivered, delivered a chip that was so raw. I remember watching. <laughs> I remember watching Game Four live. I was like, "Yo, I, I like, I was screaming." Yeah. I'm a man. I was screaming <laughs> at the top of my lungs in the Pacelli Lounge, watching that game. Yeah. Like it, it was, it was a crazy comeback. I was, I was actually nervous that we actually had to go back to Phoenix for a winner take all game five, yeah, and I'm just like. Like the relief that I felt when we when they won that championship was just like, oh man, and that got me to that that got that really got me to being a real real Sky fan. Like mm-hmm. I really liked the Sky before they won the championship, yeah. but when they won that championship, it was like a surreal moment for sure. It it was my it was probably the the, the, the generation of Chicagoans' first taste mm-hmm. of a basketball championship. Yeah, right. But, like it, it was it was so insane, and I'm I I couldn't be more grateful. Um, and obviously, you know, women in sports, they, they have, a you know, it's like a certain place in my heart. Cause it's like mm-hmm. the first sport I ever really, you know, got connected with was girls volleyball in high school. And I just will never forget the memories I had. You know, I rushed the court a couple of times cause we beat some pretty good teams. <laughs> um, and I got to call on some of their games and stuff. And it was just like, it was yeah. so cool, you know, you know, being a part of that. And even right now, you know. I'm 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 going as far as women's bowling right now. Like this, the yeah. sky is the limit. It's not even the limit. 
you know, it's like, I don't even know where the limit is. <laughs> I mean, maybe God's the limit. <laughs> we could say that. Yeah. But no, they're, the, the the limits are just not there for me. Like, mm-hmm. I, and I'm, I'm really happy that you, you know, took your time to, you know, come out and do this because, you know, my my job, you know, is to cover sports and all that. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, you could just, sometimes people just cut it off there. My yeah. job is to cover sports. But my, my thing is I don't just want to be football, basketball, and everything else at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. You know, if, if, if sports are, especially if they're succeeding and people are thriving, like we're good. You're, everybody's going to get that piece of the pie, that slice of the pie. Yeah. And it's going to be big, you know? Yeah. I feel honor because a lot of people think bowling isn't a sport and a lot of people do think bowling is a sport, but I feel honored that I'm here being able to talk about it because I enjoy it. And I, do believe it is a sport. So Yeah. I mean, we have esports here. If people yeah. are, if people are out here believing that esport <laughs> is a sport, yeah. then bowling should most definitely, definitely. I agree. be a sport. I agree. And I'll I'll end off with this. Yeah. Um what do you think is your favorite bowling memory ever? Oh. Take your time. That's hard. <laughs> because I have so many, but if I were to choose one, my favorite, yeah, one of my favorite bowling memories is actually last year, St. Xavier. And I think the bus rides are the best. Mm. When we come home from a tournament, we win. It's insane. The bus rides are the best. Also, I would have to squeak this in Vegas. We go to Vegas. <laughs> Yeah, Vegas was so much fun, and I think that's such a core memory that I will always remember. It was amazing having to be there with, like, the people that you're second family. It was insane. I will always remember Vegas trip. Las Vegas. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'll uh, I'll make sure to chug a water bottle for you since I can't, <laughs> since I can't legally drink right now. Yeah. <laughs> but... That is awesome. Yeah, that is that is crazy. That must have been a freaking power trip. Yes. Whew. I'm excited for this year. Yeah. I'll say um, my favorite bowling memory um, was it was my 16th birthday, and I decided to go bowling. Oh, fun. And um, I had done it a couple times before in my life, but it was it was like a few years, few years between me mm-hmm. doing bowling. So my play uncle, um, he arrives, and, you know, we're bowling, and right? You know, we're mid-game. Yeah. Well, there to my the, the lane to my left is occupied by like professional bowlers, mm-hmm. like people actually co- like really competing. Yeah, I'm talking, and they were deep into it. I'm talking, they had the hand guards, the, the <laughs> sleeves, yeah, and the, the shirts and the uniforms and all that, all the gear, the bowling gear you could ask. So I was like, yeah, and obviously we had to give them lane courtesy, right? I mean, yeah, and at the time, I I mean, I understood what lane courtesy was, but mm-hmm. I I was more pissed off at the time because <laughs> I was like, man, it's my birthday, I want to bowl, right? And you know, I had to stand there and you know wait for them, to, you know, <laughs> get settled, yeah. Take like fifteen seconds in between Stare at the pins, all all the good, yeah. Yep, strategize all that. I was like, man, and, and meanwhile, in the next lane, you have a bunch of kids just going going up, grabbing the ball, chugging it within five seconds. Yeah, right. <laughs> and um. We were nonchalant. So my play uncle, he tells one of the women that were bowling over there. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, see that guy up there? Pointing to me. He'll match you strike for strike. <laughs> I, and, he, and she was like, oh, really? Gave him a look. He was like, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then when I got through bowling my turn, they, they were talking while I was bowling, mm-hmm. I think. And when I came back, she gave me this look. And I'm like, why is you looking at me like that? And my play uncle's like, all right, Jonathan, I'm going to need you to bowl a strike. <laughs> and I'm like, what did you do? And he told me to spiel. And I'm like, are you crazy? Are you? And I hadn't bowled a strike all game long. Oh, boy. Did you shake? Yes. I act, but, but it was crazy because it was her turn first. She got the first turn. Okay. And keep in mind, she is bowling competitively right now. Yes. So she goes up there, bowls a strike. Oh and boy. then she gives me the, the stare of death. <laughs> and I give my play uncle that same stare of death. Because I'm like. As you should. Because you're like, why did you sign me up for this? I'm like. Yeah. You you put If y'all don't bowl a strike, bro. 
It's, I'm putting this on you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so I go up there. Again, hadn't bowled a strike all game. Yeah. It was like maybe the sixth or seventh frame. And I'm like, <sighs> man, I'm feeling this pressure. Everybody's making noise all of a sudden. Because everybody except my mother knew exactly what was going on. Mm-hmm. And it was just a lot of pressure. But I'm like, I'm going to calm down. Because I had been bowling extremely hard. Mm-hmm. Like maybe like 19 miles an hour. Okay. And... I'm like, I think I'm going to try to slow it down and aim for the middle because I'm like, I've been bowling too hard. Yeah. And I've been hooking it and pulling it and all this stuff and pushing it to the right. Gutters. All, all the sorts of things. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Yeah. Hitting the wrong pin. <laughs> um, but um, but I bowled it and I decided to go right down the middle, right down Broadway. And I'm like, oh, that felt good. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have any spin on it that would deter from the path that I wanted that I wanted to wanted it to go. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that felt good. And it's getting closer and closer to the pins. I'm like, oh, that felt really good. And I and then this and I bowled a clean. It was the cleanest strike. It was a clean strike. I was like, so you matched her. That's awesome. Yeah. And the first thing I did, I turned around and looked dead in her eyes, <laughs> like she did to me. And her jaw just dropped to the ground. I was I was walking around like Conor McGregor. Yeah. Freaking, I, I, I had oh I had so much swagger. Oh. That's the confidence you need though. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, especially considering I hadn't bowled a strike all game. That mm-hmm. was I like it was like that was the perfect time to bowl a strike. Yeah. And it felt so good. Like I was getting mobbed, <laughs> and my mom was just like, "Woo, yeah, jumped up." And yeah. I, I didn't I didn't tell her until we um got back home. Um, and she was like, "What? That's why people." I said, yes, <laughs> yes, that man set me up for failure and I bailed him out. That's <laughs> awesome. And now you'll never forget that memory. Never. Yeah. And that's the power of bowling. It is. It's more than just a family friendly, you know, getaway mm-hmm. activity. No, there's some, there are some moments. Core memories. That can, yes. Yes. And it's absolutely insane. Yeah. But yeah, um, I'm going to end it right here. Um, this was an absolute blast. Yeah, so I had so much fun. Yeah. You want to know how much time this, this was? How much? 51 minutes. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, you'll have a lot to uh, piece through if you want to um, keep this as like a memory. Yes. I've, I. This is awesome. This is like a dream for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't blame you. I mean, it's it's always fun doing this because mm-hmm. like you get to meet new people. I mean, I already knew who you were because yeah. we didn't move in. Yeah. But, you know to really get to know people and, you know, know their story and, you know, be able to do good things for them and, you know, all that stuff. It's, it's, it's awesome to do. And I'm, I'm, I, I really appreciate you for taking the time out to do this. No, I feel honored. And thank you for having me. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Player Profiles podcast. Special thanks to Olivia DeJadis for taking her time out of her busy schedule to come and talk to me and do this special interview. Until next time, everybody, so long. Thank you very much for listening to this WXAV 88.3 FM podcast. Be sure to visit our website, WXAV.com, for more information on your escape from Ordinary Radio.